listeners and welcome to testify here on eden fm your voice in paradise i'm ingrid carly moses and thank you so much for tuning in this evening and for once again having this divine appointment not with me not with eden fm but with the lord because this program is all about glorifying god so if you've tuned in for the first time, let me just uh, give an explanation. So Testify is a program where we invite guests to come and share with us how God has um, interceded in their life in various stages, in various ways. And through this testimony, we glorify him. And through that, hope that someone can be saved, whether it's you, dear listener, that is just in a space where you need the Lord again and you need to be revived, or whether it is motivation for you not to stop praying, or motivation for you not to give up on someone, or whether it gives you the strength, the spiritual strength and encouragement once again to continue to engage with a person or people um, that, is, that is challenged in this world. That is what this program is about. And so I welcome you to it, and I hope that you will be blessed. So before I introduce my guest, I'm going to open up the program in prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father God, thank you so much for this time. Thank you, Lord, that you've granted your grace upon us, Lord, over every listener um, and even myself and my guest, Lord, today. And that we have this divine appointment at this moment. Thank you, Lord, that through the working of the Holy Spirit and the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that we can glorify you through our testimonies. Please be with my listener this evening, Father. May the Holy Spirit just project the words and the story and the truth through her, Father, the truth that has manifested, manifested in her life through her knowing you. Thank you, Father God. Also for our listeners, bless each and every one of them, Father. And may these words touch their hearts. And may they never be the same again, Father. And may they be spurred into action, Lord. Or just know even, Lord, that you've got them. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity. We praise you. We bless you. We thank you. And thank you for this radio station allowing this program and programs of this nature as well, Father God, so that those in the wider Eden FM community and those that might listen by at the podcast later may be blessed, Lord, by what our listeners have to share. Thank you, Father God. Amen. And so I say good evening 
to Melani van Aswegen. And she's from George, but she's going to tell you that herself and a little bit more. Good evening, Melani. Please introduce yourself to the guests. Hi, Ingrid. It's such a pleasure being here and for having the opportunity to speak to yourself and, yes, hopefully to to share, share a journey. I'm um, a big fan of Brene Brown. She's a therapist and um, she says we're all story storytellers. So we all have a story. Our lives are interesting books and epic adventures. So it's always nice to share stories. Fantastic. And I know you have a story to tell as well. But before we get there, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Where are you based? A little bit about your personal self that leads into your testimony. Thank you, Ingrid. Yes, I'm an attorney in private practice, so I specialize in family law and mediation. So it's a normally high court, high conflict mediations where parents fight, struggle to deal with each other. The courts appoint me to, to do alternative dispute resolutions. I'm very involved in family law, child protection, uh, women's rights, gender-based violence. That's my passion. But bigger than that, it's actually empowering people to find out who their identities in Christ is. If we don't start there, as an attorney, I can do a lot of legal interventions, but that's not really the, the solution. But in a legal field, you can't always um, just talk about God. Not everyone is um, at that stage where they're ready to accept it. And there's a great need just in society to give people hope and empowerment and, and God gave me the opportunity to use that as a ministry field. So my career is actually my ministry. It's not the the nicest field of law to be in, but I am a, a battle warrior fighting for truth and justice, and I've been since I was a little baby. So, yeah, that's part of who I am, passionate about children and families and empowerment. Fantastic. So, Milani, I just love the fact that you call yourself a battle warrior and that, that that your profession is your battlefield. It's not often that we associate um, our profession as our ministry field. I know I've spoken to many people and they've got this desire to come out of corporate or desire to not be an accountant anymore or so forth because they feel it's not a field of ministry and ministry is separated from their profession. And I strongly can see and know that, that you have... Um, um, just accepted it that this is actually your your battlefield. Tell the listeners about how you go about doing that and what is your experience and how you go about the fact that you are this warrior in this particular profession. Well, it wasn't always easy. I never actually understood my personality. And one of the things I'm really passionate about is for, for each one of us to start understanding our identity in Christ. He did not have a little mold, a cookie cutter when he made us. He um, he thought us through before he made us. Um, I'm really passionate about Jeremiah 1 verse 5 that says, before I formed you, I designed you. God thought us through before he designed us with specific character traits with a specific body type, a specific family that we were born into. Nothing is random. Nothing was just by coincidence. And um, there's a purpose to his design. And I think, unfortunately, we're not always aware of that when we are younger specifically. It's only when you've sort of walked a larger part of the road that everything starts falling into place. Um, so I grew up in a very calm household, actually. My mom, my dad, and my brother are all very 
peaceful characters. They um, gentle by nature and really uh, calm. And out comes this little fiery girl. Um, my mom was very small. She was uh, 1.43 meters tall. She wore a number three shoe. And in 1975, they weren't really big into C-sections. So my mom had to give natural birth. And I actually got stuck um, in in the in the birth um, the canal or channel canal I'm not sure which one it was um, with umbilical cord around my neck and Ooh. after 18 hours of intense birth um, they actually pulled me out by forceps and my mom was in a coma at that time I nearly died and I was immediately put into a um, the intensive care unit so I really didn't bond with my mom at the time and I had a extreme uh, extreme trauma through the birth process and my mom as well. So I was a little fighter since birth. I really believe that there was a, a, a call to kill both my mom and myself. But God had a had a plan with both her and my life. So I came out this screaming, um, angry little baby girl um, fighting for life um, since since my birth process. And, and I, as I said, I was born into this very calm family. And my personality was not always understood. And it's not because my parents didn't love me. But I'm what James Dobson would call in his book, The Difficult Child. I was a difficult child. And my parents didn't have the skills to understand where this fiery temperament came from. And yes, so that was a bit of a challenge, not knowing when I was younger that I was born to be a fighter. I always knew that I wanted to be an attorney. Since I was in primary school, there was no other career for me. I just knew. So I think I'm very blessed. I always know or knew that I wanted to be someone that fights for justice, the underdog. I'm, I hate bullies. I will always stand up. And I'm not tall either. I'm 1.57 meters tall. So I wear stilettos when I'm in court, normally try to elevate and be a bit bigger. But at the end of the day, we might be small in stature, but God gave me the personality of an eagle to fight for him, for his purposes and for his, his agenda, not my own. Mm -hmm. So what happened later on in life was that I had to decide what to do with this temperament. And it, it was quite a struggle and in my career, I actually did not serve the Lord immediately. I, I went full corporate. I worked for APSA and African Bank. And my values were definitely not God-oriented, although I grew up in a, in a godly family. Mm -hmm. I had my own agenda. I had my own viewpoints. And, um, yeah, that was part, part of the journey. Mm -hmm. Wow, that is so awesome. I, as you can see, my, I'm smiling from ear to ear because I'm always thinking, oh, my goodness. Sometimes parents just really don't know how to handle kids with such temperament. But I think more and more we understand the blessings also that come with the different personalities of our children. Um, and, and, and it's beautiful to just see that unfold. So now you found yourself um, in the space, uh, Milani, of uh, just needing to discover yourself as well. You know, it's taken a few years. And I like the fact that you say that we're all designed for a purpose. But at the end of the day, if you are still young, a young person, you don't really know what that is yet. And it does take a couple of years to mature. It's very seldom that one immediately knows, you know, from a young age what it was. And even though you did too, you had to go through a whole journey before you got to your intention and your purpose. I at this stage I want to go to our first song um because I think it's just beautiful and we're going to come back and we're going to um discuss how your journey now has unfolded to what you are currently doing so this song is called Nobody by Matthew West 
Welcome back, dear listeners. You're listening to Testify on Eden FM, your voice in paradise. I'm Ingrid Carly Moses, and my guest this evening is Melani van Asvegen, very fiery soul, as she calls herself, a battle warrior. Wow, for the Lord. So, Melani, you are 
you are in the profession of family law um, and you also have an associated ministry with that. But I know you've been discussing or we have discussed the challenge of people also not understanding their identities and how that many a times leads to some of the challenges that they are in and that you, uh, by the time you come across them, they are in. How important is it that we understand our identity in Christ? I think it's the most important thing. Firstly, I think it's very difficult to understand who we are if we don't understand our maker, if we don't understand the relationship that he actually wants to have with us and the purpose why he created us. So um, unfortunately, a lot of people don't know a loving God because we come from broken families and that's specifically the field where I'm in. It's very difficult to understand who a loving father is if your biological father is the one that raped you or abused you. It's very difficult to understand a secure, loving relationship if your family has broken down. Um, so our earthly lives make it very difficult for us sometimes to understand God the Father, his loving heart and a relationship with him. And I think I work a lot with the the prodigal son that that walked the road, the more difficult road. And because I've worked walked it personally, it's it's easier for me to resonate with with the tougher people in life, the ones that have a, a struggle and a journey with with getting to the point of understanding God. And then when He comes and He fetches you and He courts you with His love, the story is so much deeper and so much richer. So in my own life, he actually took me. My mom committed suicide when I was 28 years old, still a very corporate attorney. I never had time for her. I was busy with my own value system and set. And I never understood my mom really well because we had two different temperaments. I didn't understand bipolar because for a, a very big part of her life, she wasn't properly diagnosed. And we as a family didn't understand really how to deal with it. And the after effects of her death caused havoc and chaos in our lives. We all dealt with it differently. Um, we we literally suffered severely when my mom passed away. Also part of condemnation from the church. Um, a minister that visited us came and his first words were um, in Afrikaans, out of this embarrassment, something good will come. Um, in Afrikaans, he said, And unfortunately, that put me, my brother and my father off from God for a very long time, not understanding um, that it wasn't God's words or God's heart for us as a broken family. But that journey took us away from God or me specifically away from God for a very long time. And I went even more corporate. I wanted even less to do with God at that time because my mom was really in love with the Lord. She did a lot of charity work. Um, she was passionate about hospice and, you know, really guiding people to Christ. And I couldn't understand how such a loving God could allow that in someone that really loved him. Um, and a long story short, a friend of mine, um, she's my minister's wife. She was actually my beautician. And for six years, she just anointed me when she massaged me, when she did beauty therapies on me. She just prayed for me. And with her um, beautiful life, um, she just testified the love of God. She testified the relationship with God. She never once preached to me. She never let me feel like a sinner. And after six years, she invited me to a, a missionary trip to Mozambique which I attended with a group of church girls, not really <laughs> into God at that time. And I was a bit resentful. But when we got to Mozambique, um, we we attended the most amazing um, orphanage run by Kathy Miller. And she is a British woman with such a passion for children. And, and we connected with the kids. We painted, we played with them. And there, God really opened my heart for children and for specifically the orphan child. 
And the Sunday night, a British woman prayed for me and all the oils that Leandra anointed me with over six years collided. And God just came and he fetched my soul. And I was quite rebellious. I didn't want myself to be taken over by the Lord or the Holy Spirit. So I I still had a, a, a big issue accepting him in my life. But as I said, God is a, a lover of your soul. He courts you. And I got to know him through the most intimate process um, in 2009. And it ended up where I sold my practice. I had a, a practice at that point, which I sold. And then for five years, I dedicated my life to charity, got involved with Lusa Community Chest. They have projects in the charity field. And God walked a road with me of purification. And I always used to say Psalm 40 was my Psalm out of <clears throat> mud and a miry pit. He pulled me out and he set me on a firm rock. So Psalm 40 was was my heritage. And um, he came and he changed my life. And then my journey with family law started, actually. Wow. God is so awesome. Uh, that's all I can say. God is so awesome. He just comes at the right time and just knows when to intercede. So that's what then led you now to this point. And um, you sold your practice, you were volunteering, and you are now back in practice again. What, what has changed for you now in the way that you um, show up as a professional and how yeah. that's linked to your ministry? Well, firstly, I started understanding that we are mirror images of God. He's um, a triune being, Father, Soul, Spirit, but um, a body, soul, spirit, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So we also have to look at family law or people um, from a holistic point of view. You are a body, soul, spirit. And my mom's suicide played an instrumental part in understanding that I couldn't just do law the way I used to do it previously. Because if you don't deal with someone's emotional well-being the trauma that they've gone through their life journey um if you don't understand that sometimes they have imbalances that need to be treated medically if you don't understand that people don't have money um you can't just say let me do a family violence interdict and protect you against your abusive husband if she does not have the emotional strength the spiritual relationship with god or a community to support her or finances to assist so I understood that I had to start dealing with families looking at a larger viewpoint or coming from a from almost a drone-like zoning out point of view and looking from the top down and seeing that there's so many factors when we deal with families. You can't simplify it by just getting a divorce or uh, remove a child from the care of his parents because the child might be in need of care and protection. You need to support the whole unit. You need to understand the whole family unit. And we had to deal with people from a... A spiritual and emotional and a physical point of view and I had to really redesign <clears throat> the way I, I looked at my practice so I qualified as a mediator who um, what mediation actually means is that you're a facilitator trying to assist both the parties to come to their own conclusions through a process of guidance and education so it's it's empowering it's about employment and empowerment of people with all their skill sets so I, I changed from a normal attorney to a mediator with a whole set of professionals assisting when we deal with families, from social workers to psychologists to engaging the services of the court, taking hands with the police stations, organizations like Tutuzela, rape centers, gender-based violence centers, other nonprofit organizations. And the picture just became clearer when I started in, in holistic law that 
it's such a big overwhelming problem society is really falling apart because satan has an agenda to destroy families and through the destruction of families he steals kills and destroys and everything else falls falls away um, I do training with Department of Correctional Services, for example, where the stats show that more than 90% of the inmates come from fatherless homes. So the strategy that, that Satan has has been very effective in taking fathers away from the families, women's liberation movements that made females not unable, children growing up in this chaos now for the third or the fourth generation, and everything is actually in, in chaos at the moment. And um, I'm very concerned about the way that us as a church don't have a strategy. While Satan has a very good strategy, he employs media, social media, trends, um, laws, and, and we're standing by as, as a church, and not as a church um, with denominations, but as a family in Christ. So I really feel strongly that God in this season is going to empower us to take hands, to network, and to build build connections where we can get his agenda back on the table because we are in a battlefield. Um, at one stage, I was severely burnt out and I said to, to God, can't he just come? Uh, can't it just be the end of, of everything? It's just too much and I feel like I don't have an impact and the systems and I'm not helping the children and every rapist is just getting away with it and the, the families are still going through divorces and if I feel so... I couldn't do anything about it. And, and God one night said to me, just because you are tired does not mean that the war will end. And make no mistake, you are in a war. You need to become fit. And you need to become fit enough to assist my people. And that night he gave me a verse in Isaiah 50 that said, the Lord hath given me the tongue of the learned, that I shall know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. And I feel that that is where God currently wants my practice to go um the charities that i'm involved with is to give hope to the hopeless to speak words of encouragement to awaken people into their identity as as the bride of christ the the line of judah is our father he's a roaring lion his his name one of his names is jehovah sabaoth he's the commander of the heavenly armies he's god of righteousness He's not just living, he says, that sits and gives sweets to children. He's a, a righteous, almighty God of the universe. And I think sometimes we forget that he's actually a warrior that's, that's fighting for the souls of his children. And we need to get with the reality that we are in a war. And we need to take up our identities in Christ, put on our weapons and our protection and Ephesians 8, you know, the sword and the... And the shoes, and, and we need to put our, on our armor. Otherwise, we're going to miss the fact that we're in a war and we're going to be taken out by the enemy. So part of my calling is to empower and inspire and just awaken people to the fact that they have an identity and that their father is the creator of the universe. So, yes. Stunning, stunning Milani. I couldn't agree with you more on, on every point. We are definitely in a battlefield, and that's what happens if the church is not does not have a strategy satan's definitely getting the upper hand because we don't um and i know you and i spoke about that before we started the program this evening um but i'm so with you on that and i think this next song is so appropriate also uh, it is lauren daigle and the song is called you say and listen to the words dear listeners because it truly does speak about the battle in our souls about who we are and who Christ says we are and how that manifests in this world. 
keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. Am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Remind me once again just who I am because I need to know.
Yes, dear listeners, that was Lauren Daigle, you say. Welcome back to Testify. I'm Ingrid Kali Moses, and my guest this evening is Melanie van Aswegen. And uh, Melanie's been sharing with us just how passionate she is about um, standing in the gap, about being that battle warrior for the Lord through her profession, which is also her ministry, and that's in the field of law. And just how important it is for us to understand our identity in Christ, because it's if we don't do that, it continue, continues to perpetuate a cycle um, of hurt, a cycle of evil, a cycle of helplessness. But if we understand that, that is what leads us to understand God's purpose for us and how we can fight the, the, the battle um, of the strategies of Satan. Milani, you were talking about the charities that you have, and I know that one of the, the reasons why I connected with you is I came across a workshop that you will be holding soon. And I believe, and as I understand it, not believe, but I, as I understand it, this is one of your strategies of trying to, to, to intercede uh, Satan's intentions. Tell the listeners about what you do uh, in terms of the work that you do around um, educating uh, people about the identity and about certain evils that is rife in this world. So it started off, <clears throat> sorry, in 2018, when, when I, I really understood that we're working within um, a lot of government systems, people with um, the hearts of gold, nonprofit organizations that have been the victims of gender-based violence, um, even ministries are really passionate about serving kids in, in townships, um, a vast range of, of non-profit organizations and in my practice I just saw that the need was so great because systems were falling apart and I got tired of my own moaning and groaning and understood that I need to become very pragmatic and solutions oriented um, and then I registered uh, training and mediation solutions Africa which is a training um, platform for social workers specifically for CPD points to enable them to understand the law better to um, counteract attorneys that are not godly attorneys strategies in court when it comes to child protection and um, that training has been really pivotal in 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 even a, a wider range of, of services so I started training um, social workers and then branched out into nonprofits um, through Lusa Community Chest we are also training nonprofit organizations into governance marketing strategies to get them out of the mentality of poverty begging for money so our whole viewpoint is not just identities of individuals but also identities of organizations to come from a point of we're rendering a service who we are we don't have to beg we need to work we need to render a service we need to add value and that model has been um, pressing on my heart specifically the last four months when I started doing the training to understand that we can't just train individuals. We need to connect to other organizations, government departments. So it's going not just from small training where you work with a small group, but it's empowering um, people to plant more ministries. So it's a lot to do with leadership development, the identity and the corporate culture of an organization of a household what does this family stand for and I always think of Joshua he said as for me and my house we will serve the Lord so who are you what what are you trying to do in your business we don't all have the luxury to say I'm resigning from my job as a corporate attorney or as a social worker you are placed in that by God for a purpose and Esther like a time as this or for a time such as this 
you're probably not going to be taken out into paradise and into the promised land where everything is going to be hunky-dory. We forget that when they entered the promised land, the Israelites still had to clear the land from the amount of Philistines and Amorite tribes that were still there. There were still battles going on. Although we are entering the promised land, it's still hard work. Same as Nehemiah, where we rebuild the wall. You need to have your sword in your one hand and do your work with the other hand. So we need to understand that you are placed where God wants to place you. And don't think that you can be moved and you'll be happy somewhere else. I tried to flee my practice by moving to Mossel Bay, opening a flooring company, because I thought it was be, it would be easier work. And God pressed on my heart, you can run, Jonah, but a whale's going to get you and I'm still going to spit you out because your ministry is your ministry your identity is your identity and you can moan and groan and try to run away for it or you can partner with me and God is teaching me how to co-create with him and to collaborate with him in a partnership God wants us to work with him to create something on this earth we can't wait for heaven on earth to come after we die we need to be in this season and in this time. And, and a verse that hit me really strong was the verse where um, Matthew 10 verse seven, uh, 16 says, I sent you out a sheep into the midst of wolves. You have to be cunning as snakes and innocent as doves. So that's the strategy God, God gave to say, you in this worldly system, what can you do? What do you have in your hand to make a difference? I've got skills, I've got knowledge, I've got legal knowledge, how to protect women. I know how to train social workers. That's what's in my hand. And I, I understood that I needed to do more community work. And that's where the invitation came from that you've, that you've got with you now. So on the 20, um, I think it's the 23rd of March, which is Thursday, we've got a, a, a day that we rendering services to any person that is a victim of gender-based violence. If you have a daughter or a son going through something like that, or a child, if you're a social worker that needs more assistance, if you're a grandmother concerned about your grandparents, anyone that needs more information can attend this day that we're going to give information, how to protect yourself, how to get a gender um, a protection order, how to take responsibility for your own exit plan. I discuss a toolkit with them about how to plan your exit how to become whole. And a part of that journey is to, to look at your identity. Do you want to be a victim of abuse? Is this the legacy you want to leave for your kids? And how can we help you with knowledge just to start understanding that you're not alone? Because Satan's biggest strategy is that he wants to isolate us. You are not alone. We all feel like Elijah's after we faced Jezebel. And we're lying under bushes and we are tired with sorrow and trauma. But God doesn't want us to remain lying down. He says on numerous occasions, arise, O daughter of Zion, stand up. He said to the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane, you need to wake up and get up. I know your sorrow made you tired, but the, you're not alone. There's 7,000 other Christians still in Israel at the time of Elijah. You need to connect with them. So it's very important that we take hands, we network with each other. It's very important to start attending a church. If you're not into church, to attend a community program, connect with other victims of violence. Um, for us as women specifically to, to take hands instead of you know having a, a world-like attitude where we don't support each other, start taking hands. We're all here to to really assist each other to grow and to, yeah, to form part of a tribe. We're supposed to be a tribe that can support each other. You can't stand alone and think you're going to make it in the world at this time and in this season.
so true. Absolutely so true, Milani. And um, yeah, I think you and I need to speak just a bit more also around a professional context. Uh, you could see my reaction to you uh, as you were talking there. But definitely, uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, Satan really does want to uh, incapacitate us. You know, um, mm. um, um, our, 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 our priest was saying this morning, it's like our faith is retarded. But it's, it's mm. retarded in the English word is that we're being held back. It's that it can't come to the fore in its fullness because that's how we're being held back. And we must oh, find yes. the ways to push through, must find the ways to persevere, to push through that. Because God really wants to use us uh, against Satan for the love that we have for our families and for others um, and for what he's intended us to be here on earth. So thank you so much for that beautiful insight and um, eloquently put as well, uh, listeners. I'm sure that uh, you have got the same sense of what Milani, uh, that I have in terms of what Milani is trying to get through to us this evening. And I want to play this next song because I really think it's important that we connect what she said, you know, through the song as well. You know, they say that uh, listening to a song or singing a song is about praying twice. And so this one is about hearing it twice. And this song is called The Battlefield Belongs to the Lord by Phil Wickham.
Welcome back, dear listeners. You're listening to Testify on Eden FM, your voice in paradise. Um, we are at the end part of our conversation with Wilani van Aswegen this evening. And that song, The Battlefield Belongs to the Lord, is such a reminder um, that we need to partner with the Lord. I love what, what Milani said, is the strategy is God's strategy, but we need to ask him to guide us in what that strategy is because he's already given us the weapon to step in the weapons of our knowledge our skills our experience our location um our gender our our family and we need to ask god what that strategy is according to his will milani we're now at the end of the program and you've been so passionate about how what you've shared is there anything else you'd like to say to the listeners to keep them motivated or inspired um, this evening. Yes, I would just like to end off with one of my favorite quotes. Um, a lady by the name of Marianne Williamson uh, said, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, or fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us. It is in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. And I would just like to encourage every person that's listening and to, to understand that you can have influence. The butterfly effect is all about working together and influencing the people in your in your arena and the field that you are at. So 
you are important, you are worthy, you have a voice, you have talents, you're not here on this earth for your own goodwill, you're here to help other people, you're here to be a servant of God and let your light shine in these dark times. If we all just connect, we can see that we are actually workers of the light and we need to let our light shine at this point in time. So I wish everyone well and be strong, you're not alone, but just connect. God loves you and you are worthy, you're more than worthy. Absolutely. We are more than worthy and to get, and we are workers of the light. And together, if our light shine together, can you imagine just a beautiful glow that will envelop the earth because the truth shines through that light? Milani, um, how can listeners get hold of you if they want to know more about your workshops uh, or invite you to be a speaker or so forth? They are welcome to contact me on 082-78-31316 or they can send an email to milani at tmsafri.com or they can visit the website www.tmsafri.com and they can also contact my secretary on 082-898-7446. Thank you so much for that information. Listeners, I will put it on the Testify Facebook page and Instagram page as well for you to access there. And as well as on the podcast, please remember that this program is also published on Anchor as a podcast as of Wednesday onwards. And so if you've missed anything, you're more than welcome to go and listen to it again or share it with others in, in your circle so that they may also be blessed with what Milani shared here this evening. Milani, may you go well and may God bless you. And I'd like to ask you to please close off the program in prayer this evening. Thank you. Thank you, dear Lord, that you are an almighty God, that you are the creator of the universe and that your love for us will never stop. Thank you that there is nothing that we could do to keep us away from you. There's no sin big enough to, to keep us from your love for us. Father, I pray for every person that thinks that they're not worthy, that they're filled with shame about their past, to open their hearts to have a real relationship with you. Father, you're a God of love and you created us to be in relationship with you. I pray that you will work with every person in the insides of their heart to show them who they are, to show them who they, their identity in Christ is so that they can do the work that you've anointed them for and that you've appointed for them to do on this earth. Please be with the people that are without hope, those who are weary and feel that their energies are so low due to survival. You gave us a spirit, Father, of more than overcomers, and you don't, did not give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And I pray that you will just anoint and uplift every person listening to the service so that they may become light bearers for you in the times that we're living in. And this is a time to celebrate. We are looking forward to the bride and the bridegroom entering into the wedding ceremony, and we can't wait for you to come. Thank you that you never let us go and that you always take care of us. We praise your holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Listeners also, just a reminder of an open invitation. If you know of anyone that has a testimony or you yourself would like to share your testimony, please do connect with us on the Testify Ministry Facebook page or via Instagram or on my mobile number 082-351-3239. God bless. Until we meet again next time. Good night.
Make a dead man walk. 